Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Christ and his kingdom would come into their hearts and lives, that they wouldn't take any offense at anything that comes through this, and that you would cause my words to enter into their hearts and be a blessing to them in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's a widow mindset. It's a mentality. It's a stronghold. It's a mindset that has its basis in fear of abandonment. Don't think I need to describe that of what's happened. You've lost your loved one, your life partner. And fruitlessness. When when people lose their, their spouse, they feel like their ability to be fruitful is gone. They can't do it alone. It's a it's a it's not that's not wrong on their part. It just comes in. It also rises out of feelings of inadequacy and worthlessness. What do I do now? I don't even know how, I don't, I don't even know where the pliers are at. I don't even know, how do I get the window up? What do I do with, it's all those things that, that just get in there. And just like the orphan mentality, it begins to do this. It starts bringing a distortion. We see God and ourselves and others through, through a, a faulty perception. We don't, no longer see it through the kingdom. We see it through a point of trauma, a point of loss. It distorts us, controls us, and limits us from living in what God's purpose is for us in the new covenant of his grace. God doesn't quit. God doesn't quit. So it's a, it's a very strange thing to talk about because I tell you what, when that kind of loss hits you, I know, you know, I've never had it. Uh, thank God, and I told Brenda she can't go anywhere. But I've been with a lot of people, a lot of people I care for and love who did have it happen. And it, it is such a traumatic thing. And you often, hear, here's the other thing that it does. It causes me to feel helpless and hopeless. That's a natural thing that comes. But when that is not arrested by the grace and truth of God's word, then it becomes a mindset that gets me stuck. You tracking with me? It causes me to stick at that point of loss. And I can't even hope beyond hope. And when somebody starts talking about hope, all hope does is sting. It just stings. So uh, you want to go to church with people, to be with people, but your loved one's not going with you, so you go to church and you feel just as lonely as before you went to church. And there's all those feelings that get in there. But we also know this, and we have many Listen, many widows and a couple of widowers that walk in this here, they come and they be a part of the community. And it is the one thing that breaks up that mindset that I'm stuck and I'm stuck in the moment of my tragedy. I'm stuck in the moment of my trauma. 
unchecked, it gets some characteristics. You start taking on a negative, pessimistic approach to life. Shame, self-pity, undeserving. You don't even recognize that you're putting them on, and yet they're cloaks that, that uh, we dress ourselves in. By the way, you don't have to have had this happen in the natural to take this on. That's why I'm addressing it. This has nothing to do with your own history. This has to do how you view or your relationship and who you are with God. You may never have been a widow or a widower. And a matter of fact, uh, divorce is a, is a form of that because a relationship dies. That's why we're all so familiar with these characteristics. And that isn't, I have great compassion for anybody that's been through a divorce. And uh, the amount of blame that is given to divorced people is tragic. Absolutely tragic. And if anything, I have the same compassion towards them that I do towards a natural widow or widower. And they go through that kind of pain and trauma. And that's why, but this stronghold thinking starts to get a hold of minds. Even people that went through a divorce. So they see themselves as undeserving. Nothing good can come to me. They start taking misbeliefs and wrapping their identity with it. It becomes such a point that one of the characteristics is you get jealous of others. You know it's not right to say anything, and you, so you have to secretly walk away and go, how come not me? How come I'm overlooked again? Does God not hear me? We'll get to that in a minute. Continually sorrowful and often ungrateful because it's never enough to make up for the loss. Hopeless, helpless. Those are two primary cloaks that that happens. But here's a strange phenomenon that happens. It's also difficult to receive blessings. It's hard to hear a message of grace, of God's abundant supply, of kingdom principles that say, yes, and you too. And it's hard to receive it. And It's sad, but so many of us take on the thing. And, and listen, I know in the Word of God, you know, I can point to the Gospels. I did this with, with being a part of the, I don't know, prayer time or prayer, the, the years of prayer. I still pray all the time. Uh, but to cry out with the widow's prayer day and night and everything. But there, there's a goodness with that. And then there's also a strangeness with that. Because Jesus taught that pre-cross, pre-death, pre-resurrection, pre-ascension. And when Jesus preached the kingdom, the kingdom is now. Do we still pray for the kingdom come? Yes. I have a very bold thing for you, and especially if you have this widow mentality. The kingdom is yours and resides within you. It 
belongs to you by the right of redemption. And we don't have to pray in that, oh God, that you would remember me. Remember you? Remember what we started with? He has more thoughts about you? Oh baby, is he crazy about you. He hasn't forgotten you. You don't have to pray and long. When will you come, oh God? Guess what? He did. He's here. He did it. And he did it for you. And when that becomes your, when, when grace and truth become your authority within your life, you start praying differently. You start praying, I'm going to command the kingdom to come into that situation. No money for a car? Hmm. In the name of Jesus. And you start, you start walking in that kind of authority that was given to us. He came. You don't have to pray. He keeps coming. He did it. Yes. Come on, you guys. He won. Yeah. Read the book. We live forever. Yeah. He won. It's the truth. It's true truth. And it starts breaking up this mindset. Now I have to beg God to do this. I better make sure there's no overt sins in my life or even no covert ones because I really was jealous of sister so-and-so because she got... And so I'm going to repent of that guy. You know what? He's not going to assess you according to your sin. He assesses you according to what he did on the cross. Every time. The same thing that got you into the kingdom keeps you in the kingdom. How could it change? How could it suddenly be different? Okay, the principle works to save them, but once they're saved, they better work darn hard for it. And if they don't work hard enough, I ain't going to bless them anymore. So, sister so-and-so, even though you're alone, you line up your ten things, and then maybe I'll have compassion. I, come on, that's not God. That's a misbelief stronghold right up here. It says I'm undeserving, I'm hopeless, I'm helpless. Like I said, you don't have to be a widow to take on that mindset. It afflicts us. It's part of the fallenness. Is this making sense? Now here, its biggest distortion is this. This is the number one operating principle that it comes off of, fear. How could it, oh, you guys, I'm running out of time. Will you hang in there with me for a few more minutes? Just like, I feel like this is really important. Fear generates that mentality, that widow mentality. How are you going to make it on your own? All the what-ifs in life come up, whether it's a divorce or an actual death. All the what-ifs start rising. How am I going to make it? Am I going to make enough money? How am I going to? And we start putting all of our faith in what won't happen. And that faith actually isn't faith. It's fear. It's a controlling fear. Becomes a mindset within us. That's the thing. I fought so much over that this week. And went, wait. God has not given me a spirit of fear. You start standing on scriptures. God's given me a spirit of power, love, sound mind. I can think grace and truth about me, about the future. 
about my loved ones, everything. I, and I start proclaiming it again. I tell you what, I start getting big. See, a widow sees themselves as small and helpless. Who will go to the field for me and gather the few droppings? No. See, we, we, need, we need the mentality that makes us big inside of us. Is God big? Then we're big in our thinking. Did God already win it? But you had to be at your best in order you could do that, right? No, while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. Not when you were good, when you were the baddest of your bad. The worst of your bad. Look, you can read this whole passage. It's Isaiah 54, 1 through 8. And this is a promise of God of how he views this. I'm just going to read from verse 4 for us this morning. Please read Isaiah 54, 1 through 8. It says, do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore, for your maker is your husband. What a promise. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called God of the whole earth. I, re- I believe with all my heart the reason the Lord put it in there and has spoke through Isaiah that way wasn't just using language uh, of, of the old covenant. He was doing this. He was making a promise to everyone who struggles with this widow mentality. <laughs> Kiddo, I'm for you, not against you. So the companion verse to this in the New Covenant is Romans 8. What can stop the love of God in Christ Jesus? Can death? Can powers? Can principalities? Can life and life circumstances? Can things in the past or the things to come? See how it starts destroying fear? I can have hope in God. I want... I want the way to combat this thing and this mentality is saying, no, I trust Jesus. Talk about it here so much, but you take the flag of trust and you put it down and say, this is God's kingdom. You put it right smack in the middle of your heart. This is God's kingdom. God reigns here. Fear does not reign. It can't, you, you, have, you have to just do it. You have, to, you have to receive it. You have to pray the kingdom. Your kingdom come, where? In this heart, as it is in heaven. Now you've just lined up with what God's done. And it begins to break up the, the old bad mentality. Here's, here's promises. I'll do this real quick. Hebrews 13, verse 5, you look at it. Philippians 4, verse 19, 2 Corinthians 1, 20. You just start proclaiming each one of those. You get up and listen, it's yours whether you pray it or not. But there's something that happens when you take up kingdom authority and pray. 
One that's right is not enough. There is something that happens inside of you when you take up the authority of God's word and you pray it out loud how he identifies you, what he declares over you. If you're hopeless and helpless and you say, God will never leave me or forsake me because his word says it, and then I start looking in the mirror and praying out out loud at myself, something begins to crack. Something begins to break up. Something begins to change. It's the power of his kingdom. You apply grace and truth. You live and war. This is called warring in the spirit. It's not something magical. You declare and confess who you are in Christ. Changes everything. Last scripture, promise. Start seeing God through his eyes of love. Start seeing you through God's eyes of love. When your eyes, the way you perceive, so what we really mean is a mentality, when you start seeing yourself and perceiving yourself the way God sees you and the way God perceives you, listen, that's called agreement. When agreement happens, stuff happens. All of a sudden, instead of singing a woeful Fiona Apple lovesick lost song how she could do that at 14 I have no idea and instead you start singing who you are in God whether it's an old song or a new song you know one of them that hit me this week I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb I went that's who I am I'm not that, I'm not old Lloyd. I'm, and it, it changes us. Just listen to this and I'll, I'll close with this. And I, I kept you long today, but these are really, listen, we should do a seminar on this. These are really important things because they'll break up false ideas about God and yourself. Listen, listen to this. This is incredible. This is 1 John 4. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. What? By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him. And he in God, who? And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. No, I believe. This is my core belief. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Not in the kingdom come, here, kingdom come. There is no fear in love. You combat it with God's love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. 
You cannot let a tragedy continue to torment you. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Let me say this. Grace, this kind of grace and love is an actual realm, a way of life which you no longer strive for God's acceptance. It's settled. It's the kingdom here, the kingdom now. You really start preaching the kingdom. Listen, it says this. Everybody who hears it, who's coming alive, it smells really good to them. It smells like life. People that don't want this, you don't smell too good to them. They will find every argument. Don't glory in that. Live in love. That's not a that's not a an award or a reward. I, w- I want to smell good for me. I don't care if I stink to somebody else. I was seriously. I can I'm, if they if I change so that they accept me, then they're accepting a mask of me and not the real me. I want to be me. And that's what God's truth does. It sets you free to be free. Come on, stand up with me. Can I say a short prayer over you? Lord, through the difficulty of looking at this, I now take up kingdom authority that you would begin to break up the widow's mentality among us. That everyone in here is worthy. Everyone is acceptable. Everyone is deserving. Everyone has hope. Everyone has a bright future. There's no calamity, no other shoe that's coming to drop. You are now the sole of our feet. You take us where you want. And so we receive that this morning. I pray for everybody who's gone through this in the natural, that you receive kingdom authority this morning. I'm preaching the kingdom here this morning. I preach kingdom authority into your life. If you were divorced, I preach kingdom acceptance and authority into your life. That you are not identified with something that happened to you. You are identified by Christ. In Jesus' name.